And we welcome you into the spotlight. Thanks so much for joining us. My name is Drew Brent, and if you are in the market to buy or sell your home, give us a call today. It's 479-968-5668, or you can cruise on over to RussellVilleLiving.com. Well, it wouldn't be the spotlight. We didn't have an appearance from this man. First time in 2022, Josh Dunbar is here. Ooh, yeah. You know, we had uh, we had Mayor Harris on a couple of weeks ago. Okay. And we were jo- joking about the, the five-timers club from Saturday Night Live. Mm-hmm. And that if Mayor Harris makes one more appearance, he would join the five-timers club. Well, you and Danielle <laughs> Hausnick were tied at seven. She's yeah. coming on later this week or next week. I know that we're shooting her episode. You guys are going to be tied for eight. How are Let's we going to settle this? Uh, I think it's going to have to come down to a brawl. Me and well, her. <laughs> we'll have to partner with like Game for Change or someone and do like a game off or I, something. I, I'm okay. You know what? I can. We could make that happen. <laughs> what I want them to do is sponsor a. Uh, a, a uh, what do we go? We'll call it the duel at the depot. Oh, I would love that. And you, you guys remember the American gladiators like Q-tip things? <laughs> you and Danielle. But my money's on Danielle. If, Absol- if it goes I that would way. also put my money on Danielle. <laughs> if I'm being honest, so Danielle, if you're listening, American gladiator style Q-tip yes. stuff. It's going to be the 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 duel at the depot. <laughs> we'll raise some money for. We'll, we'll split the the, we'll the profits between yeah. Main Street Russellville and, and River Valley Food for Kids. I would love that. I think we just came up with an idea. Yeah, that's gonna be our uh, 2022 fundraiser, like breakout fundraiser of the year for the community. <laughs> Dunbar House <laughs> Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Well, uh, I'm glad to have you here because you know usually when we bring you on, it's because of some major announcement yeah. or, or because there's been a lot of changes at River Valley Food for Kids. And you know, as I'm looking around, I can't think of a single thing in the last few months that Mm -hmm. has changed for RVF4K. It's like you guys have been just kind of chill and and sort of dormant. And if you can't sense the sarcasm (laughs) in my voice, it's dripping with it. Y'all been busy. Yes, we have been busy. We've been working a ton. And it's crazy because, you know, we announced that we were moving last year uh but we had been working on it for like a year and a half up to the point that we could announce it right we uh but even though we were getting the new place ready we still had to be uh over at the new place getting the new place ready so i've been wearing like every hat known to mankind uh for the last couple of months and it all kind of accumulated it all kind of built up to uh, about a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, uh, where we were able to finally get everything moved out of the old place, get it moved into the new place. And the new place is not organized by any stretch of the imagination, but at least we're there. Right. (laughs) And we'll take that, that's a win. It's one of those things that when you move into your new apartment, the first or second time, there's always that, or your new house even, there's always that extra room that you have that never quite gets unpacked. Yep. Do you have that room yet? Absolutely, yes. Yeah. And it's crazy because like our office spaces, we haven't officially moved into yet. So everything that's under the Food for Kids name is in our warehouse right now. Uh, With the exception of my office because I've got stuff that has to be like kept separate. Uh, But it is one of those like, okay, 
how in the world are we going to get into the new place? How are we going to organize it? How are we going to get the stuff set up? Uh, we have like a conference boardroom upstairs that that alone is going to be its own little undertaking uh, that I can't wait for us to already be done with it. Uh, I've spent some time in that room, actually. It's, it's a nice room. Yeah, it's a great room. It's an outstanding room. And if it's the room that I'm thinking of, there's a there's a hobbit hole. What? Yes. Uh-oh. I'm, I'm fairly certain. Okay. If it's the room that I'm thinking of, if not, then it was an old baptistry. I'm not sure which room it, you're it, talking about. So the room that I'm talking about upstairs is the uh, where the baptistry used to be. Okay. We've then, yeah. taken it out. Yeah. Okay. That then That's a completely separate room. Yeah. There is another room that when you come into the, the main office, mm -hmm. when you walk up the stairs yep. there, um, there's a hobbit hole in that room that leads back out to another uh, another office space. Yes. That, is, yes. that you can crawl through. And, and it was extra storage and all of that. So when I was youth pastor there, the kids, we had mm -hmm. to lock those doors so those kids would try to get into that hobbit hole. And you're thinking... Oh my God, somebody, you're going to have a kid fall <laughs> through the ceiling or whatever. Anyway, just a little secret passageway. Don't tell everybody that. Just between yeah. us and anybody watching. Yeah. But right. <laughs> just between us listening ears, not just us two, definitely nobody else. Right. And the thousands of people that watch right. this show, by the way. And there's definitely, <laughs> a mil there's probably a million of them. Now. Millions. I mean, talk, over time. Talk to me a little bit about how you have been able to maintain some semblance of normalcy through this, if at all, because despite the fact you're talking about, hey, I've got to move into the new place, we've got to move, mm -hmm. we've got to move out of the old place into the new place, get the new place ready, get the old place ready for the, you know, trying to move out. Then you still got distributions. Yeah. And then coming up March 9th, we're going to do our second event outside of Kroger, mm -hmm. Latham's Realty and Kroger, uh, at the at the Kroger parking lot there. I mean, it, it, your job hasn't stopped by any stretch. Right. That's been the interesting dynamic because. Our programs, whether or not we're moving, they have to continue. Mm -hmm. So no matter where we're at, food has to be handed out. Like that is a non-negotiable. So everything, like there were several weeks where I would spend the first part of my day at one place, go over to the new place, do some volunteer stuff, go over to another place and go and like finish up stuff there, go back to the old place, go back to the new. So I'm just like constantly sprinting around to the different locations. Uh, I am very glad that I only have to be at one place now. Like that's a that's a breath of fresh air for me. Uh, but yeah, our programs have continued. I mean, uh, we still served in the year 2021. We served 336,000 meals, um, which beat 2020's year. Um, so we were still handing out an insane amount of food, uh, even though we were uh, preparing for this move. Um, some of the things that helped with that, uh, we were actually able to partner um, with the National Guard who helped in, wow. who came and helped us move. Uh, and they showed up bright and early. And if anybody knows anything about me, mornings aren't my forte. Not at all. Yeah. <laughs> if anybody knows anything, that is not when I'm at my best. Uh, and they were like, we'll see you at 7 a.m. And I'm like, Oh, fun. Like, right. That's going to be a blast. Outstanding. <laughs> oh, 0700, you say? <laughs> yes. So, but they came and they had a whole crew and they helped us out for hours just helping us compile stuff, helping us pack stuff up, get stuff moved over to the new place. Without their help alone, like the move wouldn't have happened. Like it would have been a much more drawn out process. 
So when you're talking about 300, you said 336,000 mm -hmm. meals, um, is that because we are seeing a, a more increased need by yes. population? We're, we're just seeing, yeah. we're just seeing, okay. What are we attributing that to? Um, well, there are, because of the different variants that we're seeing, people are being displaced from work more frequently. Uh, and that plays a role um, because there have been plenty of people, there are tons of job openings in our area. Uh, but if you get sick, no amount of job is gonna be able to help you through that. Like right. if you're not working, you're not bringing in money. So right. there's an automatic increased need. We saw, um, we started the school year at like 850 kids a week that we were feeding. We're up to close to a thousand now. Um, and that's just a steady increase over time. Some of that has to come with um, federal money and that kind of being phased out a little bit more. Um, the child tax credits were kind of being phased out a little bit more. Um, and over time, those things start to accumulate. Uh, and then you talk about inflation, you talk about uh, price increases just across the board uh, on anything and everything that is naturally going to lend itself to be a very um, stress-induced uh, stress purchase. Um, so we have for sure seen an increase just in the past six months. Uh, I don't see that going down anytime soon. Um, so the, I guess that was the next question, and you you kind of uh, you kind of stole the thunder there, which was, <laughs> um, you know, we we don't think the cap is a thousand here. We think no. it could be higher than that, and it could be higher than that soon. Yes, and keep in mind we're feeding roughly a thousand kids a week, but statistically through Feeding America's um, studies that they do each year. Um, they're the largest nonprofit that studies specifically food insecurity, both um, for adults and for children and kind of look, uh, breaks down statistics on a county by county level. Um, one in four children are deemed food insecure in Pope County. That is a it's an, a surprising statistic uh, if you don't live in that world. Right. Uh, but what's more surprising is that that's technically 3,400 children that we're right. talking about. Um, so we're feeding 1,000. That means that there are 2,400 kids out there that aren't, that could use some additional food that aren't getting access to it for whatever reason. Um, so that's where my job kind of comes in where I'm like, okay, let's find these kids, like, let's meet that need. If we're seeing an increased demand in general in our community, um, we are getting closer and closer with every kid that we add to actually being able to say, yes, one in four kids in Pope County are deemed food insecure, but one in four kids in Pope County are being fed by food for kids. Right. Um, so that's kind of like the trade-off is the more kids we serve, we like that, that's a good thing, uh, but we need to fight, like close that gap. Uh, and that is where the challenge is. Is there a threshold, though, that could, well, let me ask it this way. Is Food for Kids at a place where if tomorrow you say 2,000 of these 3,400 kids show up and say, hey, we need food, is RVF4K prepared for that? 
Uh, I always try and keep a stockpile a little bit uh, because I have our weekly numbers of how many kids we serve will always fluctuate. It will always go up and down, kind of depending on the time of year. Um, I know once um, people start filling out their taxes and they start getting some tax refunds, we're going to see a dip. Mm -hmm. Like that always happens. And then right before summer, we it ramps back up when all of that money's run, run dry. So depending on the time of year, I'm able to kind of gauge with how much food I need to keep on hand. Um, if I saw an increase of 2000 right off the bat, we are not at a capacity food purchasing wise where I can take that on. Um, just because I don't keep 3000 kids worth of food on hand. Right. Uh, but that is not to say that that's not a quick turnaround. Uh, because we do, we are a partner agency of the Arkansas Food Bank, um, so we're able to purchase bulk amounts of food, insane amounts of food for just insanely cheap. Uh, and so that plays a role. Uh, but then on top of that, being able to uh, partner with the community and say, hey, we've seen a huge increase because of X, Y, Z, whatever. Uh, we need some additional financial support or we need some additional um people to run food drives similar to the one that we'll be doing in March um, and just saying like, hey, now's the time. Like we need the community to partner with us, step up and help meet this need. I know that it would happen because that's our community. One in four yes. is a number that is just heartbreaking. Yeah. But it's been a number that's been fairly consistent in Pope County for several years now. One in four, one in five. Yes. I mean, depending on the on the fluctuations. Does that take into account post COVID, which we're we're not technically post COVID yet, but do we expect that, that to change in a post COVID era? Have we talked about this before? Because you're giving me a layup right now. And I just want to first of all thank you. Uh, you're, you're very welcome. <laughs> uh, we have talked about it before, okay. uh, but we talked about it privately. So, yes, this okay. is a shooting score. Love it. All right. So, um, speaking of Feeding America that I was talking about a little bit ago, they have already been doing some food insecurity and COVID-related um, data uh, collection. And they have found that, uh, yeah, one in four, one in five is where... Uh, Pope County historically sticks around. Um, since Food for Kids has gotten started, um, we have seen a like 7% decrease in food insecurity um, in our county, which is huge because it used to be like 28 or 27% of the kids uh, are deemed food insecure. Now we're down to like 20, 21. Um, and uh, I, I keep it at uh, one in four though, just because um, because of COVID, there is that like continual fluctuation and we do see that trend going up. But uh, in the state of Arkansas, there were five counties that saw a increase, uh, or no, they are the only five counties that did not see an increase of more than 2%, like one to 2% of food insecurity for every county in the entire state. Uh, and Pope County and Yale County are two of those five. Um, 
that did not see a significant increase. Uh, there are multiple reasons why that happened. One, um, we are naturally kind of insulated. We have a lot of industries that are here right. um, that function day to day. Um, and uh, if you're able to get those jobs, like they are um, sufficient at helping like meet those needs. Uh, but if you are in need, you've got Food for Kids, you've got Mana House, you've got Main Street Mission, you've got Ray of Hope, you've got every church pantry known to mankind that is right. in our community. You have all of the countless hospitality boxes that are in our community. Um, so we are naturally insulated because of the industries, but even a step beyond that, we have the capacity and we have the partnerships built up in our community to take on that increased demand. Um, so we didn't see an increase and right. that carried over into Yale County uh, because you've got like caring and sharing. You've got um, the churches there that are running different programs. Um, and so we have been naturally uh, protected by the worst of COVID when it comes to the food insecurity rates. Um, but I boldly will take credit <laughs> um, for being one of the reasons why food insecurity did not increase in our town and in, in our community. Uh, because the year before COVID, we served 180,000 meals. Uh, in 2020, we served 335 or 34,000. So we saw a humongous increase. Uh, and I have to be able to say like, yes, Food for Kids made sure that our community did not become more food insecure as a result of a international worldwide pandemic. Uh, so I, I can take, I will wear that proudly. Uh, the, the, I mean, and it's, it's a credit to the organization. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Truly, because Absolutely. that's, it's just one of those things where, where you know that this is a group of people that if, if push comes to shove, your kids are still going to be still going to be fed yeah and and that's a positive thing we are talking to river valley food for kids executive director josh dunbar if you're in the market to buy or sell your home you need to give us a call today it's 479-968-5668 or you can cruise on over to russellvilleliving.com we have not had an opportunity josh to talk about um an event that we did back in december yes over at kroger food for kids mm -hmm. and Alethis realty partnered and we set up the canopy and everybody came out and we had people tackling people at the door trying to, I mean, <laughs> handing out shopping lists and yeah. my gosh you know i don't know i heard brad neiman say this and and i couldn't agree more i don't know what i expected from that event but we we exceeded the Absolutely. expectations talk a little bit about that yeah it was a fantastic food drive whenever you go and set up a table somewhere uh and you are asking people to buy stuff on your behalf, it's always awkward and it's mm -hmm. always uncomfortable. Uh, but without fail, every single time that we've set up a table at Kroger, at Walmart, wherever, um, the community always jumps on board. Right. And you have the individuals that like put the headphones in, head down, don't make eye contact, like let's avoid at all costs. But I, uh, am constantly surprised by our community. And with this food drive in particular that we did at Kroger, it ended up being a huge success. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure when we 
counted it up, it ended up being like 1,300 pounds worth of food. Wow. Uh, which is crazy. That's insane. Um, that is an absurd amount of food uh, for a couple of hours sitting in front of a Kroger right. with it being frigid outside. Right. It was so cold. We, we got there at 7 o'clock that morning. <laughs> um, you don't do mornings. Yeah. We who, were there. who got there at 7? Not me. Not you. We <laughs> got there at 7 o'clock that morning. And we were setting up the canopy, and I think it was something like 28, 29 degrees, yeah. and it didn't get better. No. But that was the kicker, and, and something I wanted to talk about a little bit was the community really did step up. We yeah. started loading that food into the box truck. I'm thinking, well, this will cover half of it, and it was a truckload. It was overflowing almost. I could not believe it. But that's not just unique to Olathis. Yeah. It's really speaking to the heart of this community, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, without Olathis, this food drive would not have happened. So, like, first and foremost, like, that in and of itself speaks volumes for the organization. But you can't predict the success of a food drive uh, but based on who's putting it on. Like, right. it is absolutely the community that's stepping up, that sees that need, that's able to go, man, I love what this is representing. I love right. who this is going to. Like, I'm willing to go and purchase a box of cereal because I know that there are kids in our community that don't have access to it. Um, so it's kind of, and I'd like to say that it's like living with purpose um, and it's living with an intentionality where you're given an opportunity to give back and you capitalize on it and you make sure that the uh, the people that are in need get that need. And that's where both the creativity when Brad reached out and wanted to do this, right. um, this drive, I was just like, absolutely, I would love that. Uh, when I contacted Kroger and like set us up for us to be able to um, set up the tent there, they were a thousand percent on board. Right. Uh, and that speaks volumes of Kroger letting us do that. Uh, but to have the community come out and be able to say, yes, I support this. I'll go, give me the list. Uh, I will purchase multiple items off of this list. Like, I'm pretty sure the, the card only said like, get one of something like, and here are the options. Yeah. And we had people bring in bags worth of food. So I was, I was shocked by the amount of food that we received, but I should not have been surprised. Yeah, I mean, I th there's and there's two. There's just there's a character about it. I remember, and I and I can't remember. I wish I could. <laughs> the young man's name, the Arkansas Tech basketball player, who oh plays yeah, for Coach Downey, had Apple Pay. They didn't take Apple Pay, so he makes a special trip to go back and get cash <laughs> just so that he can participate in yeah. the food drive. Now, and I'm thinking, wow, the character. First off, that speaks very highly of the character of that young man. Yeah. She's very highly of the character of Coach Mark Downey at Arkansas Tech. But it also just shows that there is a contagious kind of a spirit throughout the community of just wanting to give. When Absolutely. you took on this job, did you know how good it, how good this community was about that? No, I can genuinely and honestly say that. Uh, I grew up here in Russellville uh, graduated from the high school, but after high school, I moved out of state and went to a college out of state. Then I moved out to Colorado, worked for Colorado out there, or, or for a nonprofit out there. And when I came back, I, and took on this role, 
I knew that I would have support of some of the churches. I knew that I would have support from some of like the community groups sure. um, that are here that just like believe in the mission. Uh, but what consistently surprises me still for almost three years in um, is just how much the community wants to get on board and they want to partner with us. They want to help us succeed. Uh, and that to me is something that makes our community genuinely unique uh, because there are lots of good causes everywhere. Uh, but the fact that I could reach out to um, like any of the nonprofits here in our town and say, hey, I've got this need. Who do you know? And they're going to be like, okay, you need to call so-and-so at this business. Right. You need to call these people next. Call the city. They're, they're going to be willing to help. I guarantee you if I moved anywhere else and said, and if I heard someone say, you need to call the city and talk to the mayor about this, uh, they would say, or I, in my mind, I would go, no, like right. that's not going to happen. But here it's different. Uh, and, and that is something that I love still to this day. Talking to Executive Director of River Valley Food for Kids, Josh Dunbar. We're about to wrap up, Josh. We've been talking about Food for Kids. Give them the website real quick. Yes. If you want to know more about who we are, you want to get signed up to volunteer with us or do a food drive or anything that we've talked about um, today, just wanting to know more about the organization, you can go to River Valley Food, the number four kids.org. Um, you should also check out our Facebook page because we are constantly posting stuff going on there, mm -hmm. both immediate volunteer opportunities that are coming up as well as like long-term things that, that we're working on behind the scenes. You know, we'll give little sneak previews every now and then. Sure. Um, so keep up with our Facebook page, like us on there. Um, you can message us there as well. If you are in need of food, definitely reach out to us uh, because we're here to help. That's our goal. And if you've got kids, that's even better. So you've been on the show several times. Yeah. And I thought today I wanted to throw you a curveball. Oh, no. I wanted to see what I could do <laughs> to, to, to spice this up for you. So I decided to, to ask some random questions. Oh, no. Now, this is, uh, I've got a random question generator <laughs> here on this phone. And it's, it's, it's great because... I never know what's going to be asked. Now, I already have one that I wanted to ask. Okay. I was going to make you think about it because we've got four minutes left in the show. Okay. What is a movie that everyone seems to love but you can't stand? Oh, no. <laughs> um, oh, that's a tough one. Wow. Got you with that one, didn't I? Yeah. That's good. I would say, okay, hmm, that everyone loves? Or is generally loved? Generally loved. How about, this is a little bit more niche, but how about a musical that the majority of all, like, musical lovers, like, Fine. fangirl over? Can I guess which one it is? Yes. Is it Rent? It is not Rent. Okay. It is Hamilton. Okay, so you're not a uh, Lin-Manuel? I love Lin-Manuel Lin Miranda. Okay. He's great. All of his all of his other stuff is awesome. I Just, can't stand <laughs> Hamilton. I'm like, come on, this is such like a hokey. I can concept. hear Zach George right now <laughs> screaming into his phone <laughs> because you said that. Here's the next one. Okay. What's the story behind your greatest treasure? 
Oh, no. My greatest <laughs> treasure? What does that even mean? What is it? What are What are you going to define as a treasure? Oh, what do you define as a treasure? I think is a great is a great question. Um, okay, in on the dashboard of every car that I have ever owned is a little doll um, that my grandparents gave me when I graduated high school, and it is. Uh, Ziggy from the comic strip, mm -hmm. um, like Ziggy, where sure. everything goes against Ziggy, but for some reason he always has like a really positive attitude. Um, he has literally been on every single <laughs> dashboard of every vehicle I've ever owned. Um, and uh, that to me is one of the most special gifts that I've ever received because growing up I would always like carry him around like my grandparents' place. Uh, but when I graduated, they gave them to me and they were just like, as you go about your travels and as you go out and change the world, like, just remember us, like, as you go. And that they gave me like that Ziggy doll with it. Uh, and I genuinely, tre I do treasure that. Um, when I had my wreck, I have a spinal cord injury from that. Um, that was six years ago or so. He was on the dashboard. Uh, and... When I was in the hospital recovering from that, he was like up in the hospital room with me, like on display. So it's just been something that I have uh, always kind of held dear. He's in my card dashboard right now. I believe that. <laughs> what is something that happened to you that you can't logically explain? Um, I went on a mission trip to Japan. Okay. And while I was in Japan, I, uh, we had a task where we were supposed to go around and take pictures of some of the uh, more iconic areas, uh, but we were not allowed to have a translator. Oh. Um, so, <laughs> which, you know, in hindsight, probably wasn't the smartest, but we got uh, the guys group because uh, we got split up into all these different groups. My group was like two other guys with me, two other high school boys with high school Josh. Um, <laughs> and we're just walking around in downtown Sapporo. Uh, and it's a ginormous city and we get lost. Like we just get super lost. <laughs> uh, and we turn this corner and we're like in a back alley and I don't even know how we ended up in a back alley. Uh, but this older Japanese lady walks up to me and she's just like and just like points <laughs> in the other direction and said the and I'm not kidding said the phrase go there uh, and so we were like okay, okay. Like, we'll go there. <laughs> and uh, it ended up being the exact place where we needed to be I have no idea how that happened uh, even still doesn't make sense to me Final question. What is a song that you love, but you'd be embarrassed for other people to know that you love it? Uh, I'll give you mine if it makes you feel it. Yeah. Just Like a Pill by Pink. <laughs> Don't know that. There, I sense judgment no, there. No, no judgment. There's 100% judgment there. Uh, I was song. not expecting that. I'm a huge um, Pink fan. Hey. That's great. Pink has some fantastic music. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna catch some flack over that one though. That's okay. I can I can already feel it. Um, if anybody puts on Whitney Houston, I'm happy. Okay, Whitney Houston can't can't go wrong with Whitney. Um, I 
but what song of hers is the question? Uh, and that I don't know. I don't know that I have like a guilty pleasure necessarily um, with Whitney Houston's like specific songs. It's just every time that her music comes on, I'm not gonna skip it. Right? <laughs> it's like, like I'm not turning the radio station. <laughs> I have been known, and this is not the totality of her work, but if Believe by Cher comes on, mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not mad at it. <laughs> yeah. I may not listen to it all the way through, but I'm not mad at it. Yeah. All right, that's your eighth time. You hold the record until Danielle comes in in the next couple of days. How are you feeling about it? Honestly, I this was what the entirety of my work has been built up to. <laughs> <laughs> is, is holding this record for like three days. <laughs> So we're doing the Q-tip thing. Absolutely, I'm down. All right, we're going to make that happen. I'm going to tell Danielle about it, and I know she's game. I'm a thousand percent But remember, game. her husband is like a brown belt or black belt in yeah. some martial art. Dr. Hausnick was on this show, and that, I mean, so I know some of that's bound to have rubbed off. Here's the thing. I can throw a curveball because if she wins, I have a spinal cord injury. I'm technically disabled. <laughs> And but, so, yeah. does she really want to beat a disabled person? I don't know. I'm not going to go that far. But you just ruined our whole fundraiser. No, are you kidding me? I think we should do it even more now. <laughs> oh if it was anybody else, I would, I would have some concerns. But with it being me, I'm like, let's do it. Well, it's a heck of a way to go out on your eighth time on this show. Hey, I got to carry the weight somehow. Josh Dunbar, thanks so much. <laughs> eighth and final time here on the spot. Eighth and final, let's go. <laughs> Josh Dunbar, thanks so much, and thank you for joining us today on the Spotlight. Remember, if you're in the market to buy or sell your home, give us a call today, 479-968-5668. We'll see you right back here tomorrow.